0: Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game related topics. On tonight's show, we'll be discussing what we've been playing, the news, and we're going to have a main topic tonight. A short one, probably, but that is uh, what constitutes a shelf of shame game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's that gray area stuff. Right? we're yeah. We're going to delve into the,
0: uh, should this
1: be on there or shouldn't it?
0: This is how does Dave justify that he doesn't have as big a shelf of shame as he actually does?
1: Nope. No, I justified that I didn't have a shelf of shame. Then I bought a crap ton of games. Yeah. Now I do have a shelf of shame again.
0: Right. Yeah. But
1: which one of the ones I bought are on the shelf of shame and which ones aren't. Right. Okay. Let's get with what, what you've been playing. We both played three games last week together. We did. Uh, I get first pick, so I'm talking Gutenberg. All right. Uh, this is from Portal Games. This is a engine builder, resource management, uh, contract fulfillment game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in it, uh, you the game's played for one to four players. Played over. Six rounds takes about an hour to play, I would say. Uh, the box says an hour, or almost two hours, or yeah. up to two hours. And I think if you had AP, it could definitely take that long. And it, I think it,
0: also we played it at three, so.
1: Yeah, we played it at three, I haven't played it at four. I think four, it's going to be a lot tighter. Yeah. Uh, game last, or as I say, six rounds. Uh, game starts, you have a planning phase. And in that, everybody has a set number of cubes. First player has seven, then eight, then nine, then ten. And and you spread those seven to ten cubes over the five actions that you can take in the game. Uh, The only free action in the game is buying letters, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which you need to fulfill your contracts. Uh, Whoever has the most of each of those five actions goes first. Uh, First player has the tiebreaker then to their left, and so on. are based on turn order. Uh, the five actions are take a contract, take ink, uh, ink, move up on one of the tracks, so improvements, uh, take a gear, mm-hmm. which is the engine building aspect of it, and then uh, get a patron, which you, you have to hit certain uh, requirements, like a couple of characters, some ink, or moving up on one of the tracks to a certain level. Uh, you do that for five or six rounds, and then you do some final scoring, and whoever has the most points wins. Cool. Uh, we really enjoyed this. Uh, I've played it twice last week, and it just, there, there's a lot of depth to it. And you start with just saying, I want to do all the actions, and then you're like, no, I need to do this one first, because I need that contract, or I need that patron in my hand, right? Uh, I've, you played it after we had played it yes. once. Yeah. Uh, you still finished second, I think. No,
0: I finished third, but you I wasn't
1: third, but too you too
0: far behind.
1: Yeah, so. both games, about five to ten points separated first to third. Yeah. Uh. As you played, you found there was a lot more decision-making in that planning phase, I suspect, Mm -hmm. because that's what I found. Yeah. Off the start, I'm like, I just want to do an action, and then I'm like, no, 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 I need to plan this a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the thing I realized, like, when you start, there's a whole bunch of things you can do, and obviously, as with any new game, you know, figuring out the rules as you're playing, so, like... You know, what do you do in what order? You know, how does this actually affect what you're doing? Because some of the symbology was a little different for me. Um, so that gave, obviously, you guys a little bit of an advantage there. Yeah, off the start. And, and, again, as with any new game, also figuring out what you even want to do. It's like, well, do I want to try and do both parts of the contract all at once? Like, yeah. do I want to just do part ways and do a lot of them? Like, how do I kind of want to do this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, and I, I do really like it. I think I uh, definitely want to play it again and try it out. And, I mean, it's just such a kind of neat concept, right? Like, it's a very unique theme to the game. Uh, I love the little letter presses. You yeah. know, like, um, they're wooden letters that are backwards even, so theoretically you could literally print with them.
1: Yeah, they're like little stamps, basically, is what yeah. they look like. Yeah. Uh, they're all vowels. Uh
0: yeah, there's not all the letters of the alphabet, but there's yeah. some letters. Um,
1: yeah, it's, the game is a little bit... The, the one thing I found a little bit funny on this one is the production value. The gears are nice. Yeah. The characters are very nice because they're wooden, they're chunky, and then you get some really cheap cardboard coins and cheap cardboard inks. Yeah,
0: and I mean, this, was, this isn't a Kickstarter, though. No. But yeah, it's interesting because like look, the stamps, the letters are wooden, yeah, like really nice wooden stamps. Uh, probably laser cut out, like they're fancy. Yeah, um, and the gears, like you said, like I don't know how fancy they necessarily are. They're they're cardboard, but they're you know they do they, turn.
1: They turn um, and they're actually they're chunky. Right?
0: Yeah, they're a little thicker. But yeah, I, I was a little disappointed in the coins and the ink because. Not only are they cardboard, thin cardboard, they also don't look as nice with the art of everything. Like, coins are kind of bland, the ink is pretty sharp-colored, you know? Like, yeah. it's not, there's nothing to make it a little bit more interesting.
1: Yeah, because you're sort of, in, well, it's Gutenberg. You're the printing press. Yes, yeah, like
0: literally the origin of the printing press.
1: And... Uh, and... Yeah, the ink. It, it, it just feels don't like it feels like
0: the coins for sure. They could have made it look more like like you have plenty of references from that time period. Why not make coins that look similar to that, right? Yeah. Um, and for the ink, it's like you know, yeah, sure, it's ink drops. You got what you have, but feel like they could have gone and made that a little bit more interesting or given nicer parts for it if yeah. they were going to put in all the effort of laser cutting letters out for every game. Yeah,
1: it's it's. Don't get me wrong. Great game, really like it, but it just like the sum of the parts didn't add up when the production. Yeah,
0: made. it gives Raiders of the North Sea type vibes, you know where, where
1: everything's wooden everything's and then you fancy
0: get... except for the provisions. Like. Yes,
1: exactly. Okay, that's Gutenberg. Yes. Uh, which one do you want to talk about?
0: I'm gonna steal your Kickstarter. Okay, came in, and that is uh, Scandalo. Yeah. So this is the sequel, second game from the makers of Awkward Guests. It is a similar game, like it's.
1: It's It's the same game. It's,
0: yeah, it's the same game with slightly different organization, but uh, for those of you who haven't heard us talk over and over and over again about Awkward Guess, it is a deduction style game where you're trading cards that have clues on them. In Awkward Guess, it's trading cards with clues uh, to figure out who murdered the guy uh, with what weapon and, um, is it the room? No.
1: The what? The
0: weapon, who did it? Oh, and the motive.
1: And the, mot- and yeah, the motive. Yeah, why they did it. Yeah,
0: why they did it. Uh, as well as in the later games, like, if there was an accomplice and stuff like yeah. that.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And then the, uh, this one, Scandalo, the sequel to it, is a different theme. It is, you are, like, you are a journalist, and yeah. you're trying to basically break a story. Um, this isn't, you've been given the story, it's you're looking for a scandal. But there are scandals with celebrities. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out which celebrity was part of the scandal, um
1: what the story was. What
0: the story was. And that it's kinda of just those two. Oh, and which and, newspaper? And the
1: newspaper that prints And the it. newspaper
0: that prints it. Or
1: will print it.
0: Who's willing to, yeah. yeah. Um uh, because, you know, the idea is that some of the newspapers, you know, won't print stories about certain people, or some of the newspapers won't print stories uh that are a certain type of story because similar to the motives in Awkward Guess where there's a type of motive. These ones have types of stories and they won't print certain ones. Yes. Um The big difference in this game is the connections, I should I I would say. Yep. So in Awkward Guess, you have a map of a building, and to figure out which murder weapon they use, they have to have a path from where they are, where they start, all the way through to the weapon and then to the study where the person got killed. Yes. In this one, you have kind of a Bulletin board of red wires connecting both the celebrities and just other people. Like I want to call them informants, but that's not quite correct. Uh, there's
1: uh, associates, or associates,
0: something. Yeah. yeah, contacts think, or something like that. Think yeah,
1: any conspiracy board you've ever seen in movies.
0: Yeah, red, red, you know, thread Yarn. connecting <laughs> them. Yeah, uh, and by connecting those people and the celebrities, you figure out which resources they kind of have access to, to then figure out which story. Um
1: yeah, each story has three resources they, they need.
0: Yeah. And then once you get those, you figure out who printed it and you go around. It makes more sense when you see it, but that's kind of the major difference. Besides that, it is a very similar playstyle where you're trading cards and those are telling you like who does not who who won't have access to those resources, who didn't talk to who, type thing. Yeah. Um, similar ideas to how awkward guests went. In comparison to the game i think there are pros and cons yes so awkward guess by far once you've played at least one game is much easier to understand than scandalo in terms of the rules um it's just a lot clearer as to what you're looking for whereas here trying to figure out like oh i need the resources and how do these connections work to narrow things down um you know where does everything go type thing bit harder to understand The biggest thing I'd say that is kind of a downside is the theme. Or I should say the loss of theme. So, Awkward Guess, the theme is very strong. Like, you feel like you're playing Clue, you really understand what you're trying to do, and the game feeds into that idea. In Scandalo, it feels a bit more like the theme was pasted on. It's 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 more mechanical. It's more mechanical. It's there, but unlike Awkward Guess where you have writing on the cards that says the maid saw these people talking here, right? These ones just have pictures with crossing it off. Yeah. Um, and that's all of the cards. There's no writing on it. Which, to be fair, can make it better for people who don't speak the languages. Yeah, it, it's,
1: it's more language independent.
0: It's more language independent, which is nice. And I think something they got about awkward guests. Um, but it does lose the theme because you don't get any, any flavor text to it. And... Same thing with like any of the the icons; they're supposed to represent certain stories and stuff like that, but they don't really tell you. They don't mention what those stories are, except in the rule book, and so you don't really need them to play. And so it feels a little bit less like you're playing a you know being an investigative journalist, and more just you're trying to find three things. Um, so a bit of a downside for me there, but still, still a solid game.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, I really liked it. But I, I feel the same way. I, I wasn't as connected yeah. to the story. but and, and that language dependence of the first one, I understand why they changed that because then they don't have to print multiple versions. Yeah. Right? One version, different rule books will do this game. Yeah. But it does disconnect you from the story a lot more. Yeah.
0: the yeah. The icons don't do a good enough job of really making it still a story.
1: Yeah. Like, what does the anchor have to do with what I'm getting for information.
0: Exactly, yeah. There's, like, locations you go to, but you you don't even really know what those locations are.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so it makes it a little confusing.
1: Like, mechanically, the map, or the connections on the map in this one, I really like that. I like how it allowed you to cancel stuff out. Yeah. You had once you f-
0: figured it out. Once you yeah. figured
1: out how to do it. It was a lot more thinking Yeah. than uh, awkward guess. Yes. But... It's not the same connection.
0: No, and it's nice to make something a little bit different, right? right? Two things they fixed from Awkward Guess. One, the setup, or I should say the takedown. So these run through decks of cards that are numbered that you then add all together. And in Awkward Guess, they were all the same color, but just in, you know, sets of numbers. And putting it back together at the end was a pain. Yeah. In this one, all five decks with the fifty cards on those decks are colored. So you can separate them way easier. It it saves so much time.
1: Yeah, and then they the Awkward Guess used the back of the rule book for your guessing.
0: Like that was your map, or not I guess your main map kind of and your guessing at yeah. everything. And it worked, but then it meant if you ever needed to check a rule, you had to knock the arrows off of the board yeah. and figure it out. This one, they put it as a separate sheet, so much easier. Yeah,
1: so you could have the rule book and, yeah. and your guesses. Yeah, so... Great game. Great game. Honestly. Just not as thematic as awkward guess. Yeah. Okay, those are the two games we're going to talk about. Uh, third one I think we'll leave so we can get to the news. Yeah. Uh, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And this is CFCR, and we are Bored on the Air... Thank you for tuning in. We are going to talk about some of the news.
0: And this is mostly the news following last week's all-news episode, because yeah. I went through all of my stuff, and you still have more stuff left.
1: Yes, I... More
0: I, from Gen Con, more whatever was happening.
1: Th- there's a lot of stuff going on in games, because the Gen Con just finished, we're building up to...
0: Spiel, right?
1: Spiel in October, uh and lots of people talking games, lots of people releasing stuff. Uh, Okay, I will be a little bit uh, briefer.
0: (laughs) I like talking about the news.
1: Yes. Uh, First game, Cat in the Box. This is trick-taking. There is, I believe, one to ten numbers, five of each, and none of them have suits. But when you play one, you say what suit it is, and there's a game board in the middle, so you mark it off. So... There's four suits, so you can get a card which is worthless. So you want to be one of those first four to play that number.
0: I'm already out on this game.
1: Yeah, you're not a trick. I'm not. Do, I'm
0: not playing this game.
1: <laughs> a lot of people raving about it from Gen Con. Uh, I. It looked cute.
0: Is it Schrodinger like themed? Cat in the no. box. Oh, lame. Not that I know they of. They missed that opportunity. Yeah,
1: but I I skipped right over this. Until I started looking at it, and then I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I- I'm curious to try it.
0: Yeah. I could see you guys liking it, but I can already tell you that I wouldn't like this game. I'm not a trick-taking person, and it, it is very, it is like hearts all over again. I am good. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: one from Floodgate Games, uh, who does uh, Cascadia and those mm-hmm. ones, uh, it's called Kites. Uh, you have sand timers. And your goal is to keep those kites in the air. And so you're playing cards and flipping the sand timers over to keep them moving. (laughs) Uh, It looks cute. It's real-time strategy. It's a party game. It'd be worth a one play, I think. I I don't know. Sometimes these games don't go over well. Yeah. Uh, But it's interesting. Uh, John LeClaire from Space Space Fame. Yep. Uh, Ready, set, bet uh you have a real time well you have a board board in front of you uh one person is the in charge Mm -hmm. he's rolling the dice moving tokens across a racetrack basically and you're betting as he's rolling and you can change your bets and move bets around Uh, a lot of people another one from gen con that people were playing a lot and really had a lot of fun with And, and it looks interesting uh once more, real-time strategy, or real-time, so it may or may not work for us, but it looks cool. Uh, Bark Avenue. <laughs> this is competitive dog walking.
0: All right. Great. <laughs>
1: uh, I just, the name looked interesting. <laughs> you know how
0: we said we wanted less colonial games? This is what happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Moonshine Empire. I put a note, Redneck the board game. Yeah,
0: basically. Uh, this is like Duck Dynasty. Like. Yeah,
1: basically you're trying to make moonshine and you're recruiting your cousins. Alright. <laughs> so it's it's hard to say. People were talking about it. So, and by that, I mean it got mentioned by different contact, content creators. Yeah. Uh, there is a game based on Bigfoot the Monster Truck. What? So, Monster Trucks back in the 80s. Yes, gotcha. Bigfoot was the first big one. The one that got famous. Alright. It's called, I think it's Bigfoot the Game. And the reason this one caught my eye is the dice are tires. (laughs) (laughs) So you roll the tires and they're like six-sided and they end up on a number and you do stuff. They look really tactile and cool. Nice. Uh... Haché Games, who is the company that uh, Danny from Pandasaurus right, yep. and Renegade went to. Uh, their two big games are Turing Machine and Acropolis.
0: I want to play Turing Machine.
1: Turing Machine looks very interesting and it's getting a ton of buzz. And it, I think it almost won game of the show for a lot of people at Gen Con. Acropolis is a 3D tile laying game that looks mm. very interesting as well. Uh I had never really heard of Haché Games until Danny started to go there. Mm-hmm. She does a good job of marketing, so I see it more. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, I think
0: I talked about Turing Machine a few weeks back.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you did mention it on a, you know, a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flamecraft, uh, Kickstarter I have coming, uh, made its debut at Gen Con and was super popular. Everybody was raving about how good the gameplay of it is. I believe it's shipped. I believe it's in the next couple of weeks to a month. I should have it.
0: Cool. I can't wait. I got a, I got a stuffed animal in that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Board and Dice, one of my favorite companies that does all the Italian games. Yeah. And Zolkin and all of those. They got a couple coming out. Uh, Terracotta Army is the next one coming out. And I didn't follow the gameplay for it. But a lot of people are saying it's a classic Euro and really liking it. And they also announced the next T-series, Tilatum or Talitum. Uh Same thing. They didn't give a lot of information on the gameplay of it, but it's Tassini, so it will be interesting. Yep. Merchant's Cove getting an expansion. Yes. This is coming to Kickstarter this month. Looks like the expansion has... A new board or an add-on board at the bottom of the game, plus four new characters. Yeah, yeah. So we like Merchants Cove. We don't play it enough. Nope. But I'll back this. Oh yeah. (laughs) There is a game called Unconscious Mind coming. I know nothing about the gameplay, (laughs) but what I do know is Vincent Dutrait... And Andrew Bad- Bodley are doing the art, and they're both very, very talented artists. What uh, did did the Treasure Island stuff, and Andrew Boz- Bodley did this little game called Everdell.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm looking at Treasure Island, I'm like, no, not really my style, to be honest, but that could just be the box art.
1: Um, well, the board itself, it, it's yeah, very clean. Yeah, the board is pretty nice. It, yeah. It's very clean but art. I
0: do love Everdell. Exactly. Everdell's art. Like, I almost bought the art book for the Kickstarter, so. Yeah.
1: Uh, Endless Winters shipped. I uh, saw so it showed up at Game Raddy, about to ship to backers. This is one that I really wanted to back and just kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off until I can't. Uh, Miko's art... Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy from Dice Hospital is the designer. Okay, yep. I believe that's yeah. I believe that's the connection. And they have miniatures using the Miko's art.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: They look awesome. Don't worry.
0: Did Brow back it?
1: Oh, hopefully he'll sell it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crusaders. Finally, after many years of the expansion sitting built, ready to ship to people, it's coming out because Tmg of course went under. Uh, Renegade Games picked it up. And so Divine Influence is the expansion, and it brings more characters. Uh, We did a little demo play of this where Steffi Yaffe sent us the characters and what their powers would be, and we tried to play it, and they were cool.
0: That's right. I forgot about that. That was a few years back. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, Luke Laurie of Dwellings of Eldervale, a game that didn't really hit with us. Yep. He's got a new one coming, Adrom- Andromeda's Edge, mm-hmm. which apparently is the spiritual successor of Dwellings, but he's cleaned it up, uh, where the card play is a little bit more valuable, which really interests me, because the cards were cool, but it didn't seem like you had enough time to actually use them. Yeah. Uh, Sagrada, mm-hmm. Artisans, coming to Kickstarter sagrada the legacy version
0: oh okay okay
1: uh saw the box on uh dice tower did an unboxing and he got an edition that he's gonna be they're gonna be playing on or on their channel i'm curious
0: yeah it's i mean i like the idea of building basically an art piece yep. in a legacy game like that could be cool yeah i that's what I hope it is. Yeah. I know that's probably not I, I, I what it is, but I mean that's what it's, it, that would be cool.
1: But it's Sagrada, which we like. Legacy, which is always fun. Like yep. I, I hope it's like sort of my city level legacy yeah. where you can whip through it pretty fast. quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Return to Dark Tower was on Kickstarter. Yeah, may have closed now. Uh, second printing with an expansion. Yeah. Uh, cooperative game. Big tower that's got a whole bunch of technology and Bluetooth to it. Uh, windows open, cubes fall out, and it looks cool. I don't know enough about it uh, and haven't looked into it enough because it was pricey Yeah, and looked like a gimmick to me. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people really like it. Frosthaven, yep. I've seen them putting it together online. I've seen pictures of the box. <laughs>
0: yeah, it must be getting close. It's
1: getting very close. Uh, I am a just like, Maybe three to five years away from getting anywhere near... Needing Frosthaven? Needing Frosthaven, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's but, not to
0: say it's not going to be good, because it's probably going to be excellent. It's going to be excellent.
1: But <laughs> uh, Isaac Childress has done a lot of work on it. He's t- cut a lot of flack for making it uh, more approachable, uh, less if you're an ogre, you're a bad guy. You know, he cleaned up the language. He's brought in a lot of... Uh, consultants for uh what's the word
0: i i know what you're talking about there's an actual name for them yes. too it's uh, um
1: i can't think of it right now uh not compassion it starts with a c it, it
0: does is... yeah i know exactly what you're talking about too yeah yeah no but basically it's you you get them as uh readers as well yep. in books to make sure that you didn't write anything that's accidentally very offensive
1: yeah exactly um, yeah uh people are bashing them the right wings I'm sure they were. Yeah, crazy. Um, After
0: there's a pretty common thing in fantasy worlds. um, Goblins are quite anti-Semitic, so um, there's a lot of work going around right now making them less bad. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, Legacy of You is coming to Kickstarter. This is a single play only from Garpo Games, uh, set in the Hadrian's Wall universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks interesting. I don't play solo games, so Mel but, would like it. But Mel likes solo games, and she really loves Hadrian's Wall. So if it's along those lines, it's probably something that'll end up on her shelf. Ah, uh, sticking with Garpil, first light circadians. Mm-hmm. Uh, one game that I held off, but really, really like, is getting an expansion called The Specialists. Uh, it's coming to Kickstarter in a little, little while. Uh and it will come with the second edition First Light Circadians which just shipped with the second game what's it called Chaos Order. Cool. Uh comes in the big box. Garpills finally moved away from that tiny box size. All of their new stuff will come in the regular 12x12 12 12 box mm-hmm. games. Uh Dead Reckoning is getting expansion and is on Kickstarter. This is another John LeClaire game where he does his card drafting or card building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you basically you have a card Mm -hmm. sleeve, you put a card in it, you put another card in there and they're clear. So they stack on top of each other that make them more powerful. A lot of people raved about Dead Reckoning and the hour it took to build the boat that comes with it. (laughs) Uh, I've never played any of these. I've never played Mystic Veil vale or his other one. But it looks interesting. Okay, that's the news.
0: And we are at the end of the show. And we
1: are at the end of the show, so we uh, don't have time to get into our yeah. main topic. We'll hit that next week.
0: Yeah, but I can I can say adding on, um, talking about Kickstarter is coming in, uh, <laughs> Dice Theme Park arrived. My, uh, my one from Alley Cat Games yes. came in. Uh, haven't played it yet, but did open it. And lots of pretty cool things in there to play with. Yep. Um, love dice hospitals, and this one's supposed to have some sort of cascading dice system, um, where you're like you're building a theme park, but somehow like dice move down, and that's what causes them to like, you know, instead of having the dice be patients and stuff like that, they roll down and do stuff. Okay. I haven't got far enough into the rulebook yet to know exactly how it works, but it was the thing that seemed the most interesting to me when I backed it. Um, so yeah, it's here. Didn't think it was going to arrive yet because they told me they didn't even know if it was at the distributor yet. Yeah. And then it showed up, so.
1: Yeah, lots of Kickstarter shipping. Uh, I, As we said, we've got Scandal last week, and this week the two expansions for Viscounts of the West Kingdom are showing up. Cool. Okay, I'm David. And I'm Shay. Talk to you next week.
0: Have a good night.